0: Praying that you'll be really blessed and that God will speak into your heart as we take this journey together. So please go ahead and hit the subscribe button to keep updated with the very latest Sauntering podcasts. Good morning and welcome to a Saturday Saunter. We are ready to go. (laughs) Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us. Holy Spirit, we love you. We welcome you. We ask you to help us now as we look at this living word. We ask you to speak to us, interpret these incredible stories in a way that makes them relevant to us, Lord, and just informs our decisions as we go on through our lives following you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Good morning, Kathy. So here we go Genesis 29 we have yet another wonderful twist (laughs) in this story. It's quite a painful story I think this one Um, but let's go for it anyway let's see how we get on. So then Jacob went on his journey and came to the land of the people of the east And as he looked, he saw a well in the field. Does this have a déjà vu kind of feeling to it? He saw a well in the field and behold, three flocks of sheep lying beside it. For out of that well, the flocks were watered. The stone on the well mouth was large. And when all the flocks were gathered there, the shepherds would roll the stone from the mouth of the well and water the sheep and put the stone back in its place over the mouth of the well. Jacob said to them my brothers where do you come from and they said we are from Haran and he said to them do you know Laban the son of Nahor and they said we know him he said to them is it well with him and they said it is well and see Rachel uh Rachel his daughter is coming with the sheep he said behold So this is Jacob now he says behold it's still high day it's not time for the livestock to be gathered together water the sheep and go pasture them but they said we cannot until all the flocks are gathered together and the stone is rolled from the mouth of the well then we will water the sheep. I think Jacob was kind of looking for a little bit of um, quiet time to catch up with um, Rachel and uh the these other guys were there cramping his style a little bit and so he says fellas have you got somewhere you can just sort of head off to because that'd be great anytime now just take your sheep and clear <laughs> off um they're saying actually we can't because it's got this big heavy uh stone over the well so whether they were young boys or something and they weren't really strong enough to lift the stone off the well <clears throat> so they said we can't really do it until the shepherds come anyway So along comes Rachel with her sheep. It turns out that she's a shepherdess. So while he was still speaking with them, Rachel came up with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherdess. Now, as soon as Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, this is his cousin now, never met. And the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, Jacob came near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth. And watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. This is interesting because it's like a kind of mirror image of what happened when um the servant came to find a bride for um his mum. So he came to find uh sorry, bride for his dad, Isaac. Good morning, Sarah and Tim, Tracy Ann and Fran. Good to see you all. And so this is now in in the first story with um, when Rebecca came to the well um, and the servant, the, um, Abraham's servant was there looking for a bride for Isaac. She watered all him and his camels. But now Jacob's returning the compliment and he's being a true gentleman and he's serving Rachel and watering her flock and all of Laban's sheep. Good morning, Ruth. Uh, so... This is a really interesting little bit of kind of symmetry. And so now, as soon as Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, Jacob came near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. So he's watering his uncle's sheep, but also he's kind of being a gentleman, but he's also using his strength and just showing. Rachel, look what a fine young man I am. I can roll this stone away and I can help you. Then Jacob kissed Rachel, a bit forward, and wept aloud. And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's kinsman and that she was Rebecca's son. Oh, sorry, that he was Rebecca's son. Beg your pardon, I'll get all this muddled up in a minute. That he was Rebecca's son and she ran and told her father. So he introduces himself properly, having taking care of her watered the sheep and been a true gentleman he now introduces himself kisses her which I think was more of a kinsman type of kiss than a romantic one although who knows as soon as Laban heard the news about Jacob his sister's son gosh his we should just use the word nephew it'd be easier wouldn't it so as soon as Laban heard the news about Jacob, his sister certainly ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to the house, to his house. Jacob told Laban all these things and Laban said to him, surely you are my bone and my flesh. And he stayed with him a month. Now you remember Laban was quickly the negotiator who was negotiating in his sister's marriage to Isaac. And it resulted in quite a generous dowry being paid over in terms of gold and precious stones and all these kinds of things from Abraham's servant. He opened his saddlebags and kind of presented all of this stuff. So I'm sure Laban's thinking, (laughs) oh, more from the goose that lays the golden egg for me. And I think he was thinking this is pretty handy. Now, how fortuitous my wealthy kins people have sent another one to me i'm gonna do well out of this i'm sure well what he doesn't realize is jacob's got nothing on him much so anyway so he says surely you are my bone and my flesh and he stayed with him a month so he's it's customary to offer hospitality but all more particularly when it's a kins person but here we go this is this is laban extending generosity to jacob and giving him a place to stay for a month then laban said to jacob because you're my kinsman should you therefore serve me for nothing so jacob had obviously been making himself useful around the place oh yeah i'm sorry tracy i just seen that woke well, up yeah oh i'm sorry um so Jacob was had obviously made himself useful around the house or you know around the farm looking after the sheep and helping out and so on and I'm sure he was a good strong lad with plenty of enthusiasm to make a good impression um because no because he'd obviously noticed Rachel and was thinking she's nice and so Laban says look it's not really appropriate that I should just keep you here working for nothing um you're, you're my relative tell me what shall your wages be now Laban had two daughters the name of the older was Leah and the name of the younger was Rachel this is a strange thing to say about a person verse 17 it says Leah's eyes were weak or delicate and some people think that she may have had some kind of you know stigmatism or something that meant that she just didn't look quite as beautifully symmetrical as um, her sister or something like that. But Rachel was beautiful in form and appearance. So she was an attractive lady physically, a nice figure and everything else. And uh, Jacob loved Rachel. And he said, I will serve you seven years for your younger daughter, Rachel. Laban said, it is better that I give her to you Sorry, it's better that I give her to you than I should give her to any other man. Stay with me. So he says, so he's kind of agreeing to this contract. Now Jacob didn't have any wealth to bring with him, or he didn't bring any wealth with him as a dowry, unlike um his you know, the previous story with um Abraham's servant where he came with all this gold. Jacob's just really come on foot. He's run away from his brother, he doesn't have camels and all the rest of it (coughs) excuse me so he's gonna have to earn his keep and what he wants to do is work hard and pay off a dowry to marry this beautiful lady rachel and so he says i'll serve you seven years for your younger daughter so that's a pretty good amount of work to get this bride i guess he got food and stuff as well and so Laban works it out and he says, well, yeah, it's good that I should marry her to you than, you know, to somebody, you know, we don't know. This is a good deal. Stay with me. Let's do it. Verse 20. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel and they seemed to him but a few days because of his, because of the love he had for her. Isn't that romantic? It just seemed like a moment. Just oh, seven years. Just, oh, it's a breath just to get the woman I love and (laughs) then Jacob said to Laban having done his seven years of hard work he says give me my wife that I may go into her that means exactly what it sounds like for my time is completed he's like come on then I've worked the seven years now I want the prize I've worked hard I want to have the prize of my bride that I've worked so hard for and he he was kind of ready to get married and get going on all the romantic stuff so Laban gathered together all the people of the place and made a feast now one would assume logically that the deal was that Jacob was going to marry the girl that he'd agreed with Laban and that the feast, therefore, was signifying the wedding of <laughs> this man to this woman, as had been agreed. Now, it is, does seem to our modern Western way of thinking that for Laban and Jacob to cook up this scheme without anybody consulting Rachel is a bit unfair um, Jacob loved Rachel but it's kind of such an interesting story as it unfolds it makes you wonder how well he actually knew her <laughs> um, but let's read on and see where we get to so Laban gathered together all the people of the place so they got the whole household all their neighbors and friends together and made a feast but in the evening he took his daughter Leah dun, 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 and brought her to Jacob and he went into her. So that means that he lay down with Leah in the tent and made love to Leah, thinking, when according to the story, that she was Rachel. Well, I guess it was, I guess he was deceived. But in the evening he took his daughter Leah and brought her to Jacob, and he went into her. Laban gave his female servant Zilpah to his daughter Leah to be her servant and in the morning behold it was leah so it's like suddenly uh-oh i've gone with the wrong person gone johnny the hebrew word used to describe leah's eyes can also mean gentle or soft there you go maybe the text is praising her best features there you go that's a nice take on it um and so he says so jacob suddenly realizes he's consummated his marriage with the wrong person that's uh, that has got to be everybody's nightmare i remember having a dream a few months before i got married that i'd married the wrong person do you know what i mean it was completely nobody i knew it was awful it wasn't even anyone i would have liked and it was just horrible it's like an anxiety dream What, oh, jacob it's actually not a dream it's for real and you kind of think hmm what was what was going on exactly did they not speak to each other did he not recognize her voice was he actually drunk there's a possibility that he'd had too much to drink at the feast his father-in-law had laid on for him but even so he managed i <laughs> sorry to be too technical but he managed to make things work and it it just so then he wakes up or in the morning and the lights are on and it's like oh my what have I done and who's this so poor Leah I mean who even consulted Leah in the process I mean this isn't good is it from our from our western point of view this lady bless her she has been either she's willingly gone maybe she loved him and went along with her dad's um ruse or maybe she's just an innocent victim who's been traded like a kind of piece of property and given to this guy who you know doesn't clearly doesn't love her and doesn't want her it's just heartbreaking it's wrong isn't it and sad um right so anyway there he is and in the morning behold it was Leah and Jacob said to Laban what is this you have done to me did not the Lord's sorry (laughs) am I need better glasses did I not serve with you for Rachel why then have you deceived me Laban said it is not so done in our country to give the younger before the firstborn complete the week of this one so like get the honeymoon over and done with, with Leah." and we'll give you the other also in return for serving me for another seven years so he's saying look okay here we go in our culture it's not customary for us to marry off the youngest daughter first so we marry the oldest one first so that's what's happened here this i haven't deceived you no 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 far from it i'm just following the rules of our custom which if you'd have bothered to find out you'd have found out I think he's making a lot of excuses anyway. He's also extracting another seven years work out of Jacob um, in advance, if you like. So he's going to get his payment for for that seven years on account. And so he can marry Rachel. So he marries Leah a week later. He's given Rachel with no feast, it seems. Just... uh, um, Anyway... Verse 28 says, so Jacob did so. He agreed and and completed her week. Then Laban gave him his daughter, Rachel, to be his wife. Laban gave his female servant, Bilhah, to his daughter, Rachel, to be her servant. So Jacob went into Rachel also. And he loved Rachel more than Leah and served Laban for another seven years. This is sad, isn't it? It's a love triangle. It's a mess. It's just manipulative deceitful but there is a degree of poetic justice going on here because we know that Jacob deceived his father he deceived his brother and he was a little bit of a schemer wasn't he and so Jacob has kind of run into um, a bit of justice and a bit of his own medicine which is tough going isn't it sometimes good morning Pete nice to see you so, um, just a comment about the well is interesting. You wonder, number one, was it the same well that um, Abraham's servant had gone to, or whether it just did just happened to be a well en route to um, Haran. Also, I, I was thinking about it this morning as I was out running. I was thinking, do you know what? It's like we come to the well for refreshment, and there we meet our bride. We come to the church. The watering hole, the place of refreshment, the spring of living water where we worship God together and we get refreshed. And that's the place to find a bride or a husband, isn't it? Uh, It's a place of uh, it's it's just a good thought. Johnny says, it's so good that Judah is one of Leah's sons and from him, the Messiah. We're going to come to that. That is very cool. So Laban gave his female servant, Bilhah to his daughter, Rachel, to be her servant. So he's now got two wives and two. They've both brought servants with them who will become significant as the story unfolds. Um, so Jacob went into Rachel also and he loved Rachel more than Leah. And I'm sure Leah's heart was broken and served Laban for another seven years. Right. So when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb. Now, whether he actually hated her, it sometimes it's like he, he wasn't chosen. So she wasn't chosen. She wasn't the loved one. She was the kind of rejected one. Um, he opened her womb. So the Lord blessed Leah in spite of all of this. But Rachel was barren. And Leah conceived and bore a son, and she called him Reuben. For she said, Be, Because the Lord has looked upon my affliction, now my husband will love me. And Reuben means see a son. Ooh, look, a son. Nice. So she calls him Reuben. And now she thinks the Lord has looked on my affliction, and now maybe my husband will love me because I've brought him a son. And this idea that somehow every man wants to produce a son and an heir was very, very strong. Back then, it's probably not so strong now, but um, it certainly was then. And so she thought, this is going to give me some some special favour with my husband. And she conceived again and bore a son. So he wasn't holding back from her, was he, Jacob? He was still... Um, sleeping with her plenty of times so she conceived again and bore a son and said because the lord has heard that i am hated he has given me this son also dear god what is what a sad story she feels hated doesn't she whether whether she is or not she feels hated and she called his name simeon which means god hears this is our word simon um Again, she conceived and bore a son and said, now this time my husband will be attached to me because I have borne him three sons. So she's still looking to earn favour by being a fruitful wife, producing sons. And she, therefore, his name was called Levi, which means, I don't know, what does it mean? It sounds like the Hebrew for attached. So she was hoping that Levi was going to be the key to Jacob's heart that would open his heart to her. I just think the idea of uh, sleeping with a woman that you don't love and uh, and then having one there that you do love is just brutal, isn't it? It's just so wrong. Anyway, so uh verse thirty four. Again she conceived and bore a son. <clears throat> Sorry, now she's got Levi. Verse thirty five and she conceived again and bore a son and said, this time I will praise the Lord. This is a turning point for Leah. She's no longer trying to be somebody. She's no longer trying to be loved by her husband and to win points by um, producing great kids for him. She realizes that actually there's another source in her life and this is the one who's been blessing her with these children and she says now I will praise the Lord and Judah as John Johnny says is is um he his name means praise or strength and he is the line that Jesus is ultimately born into so even this woman who was married by Ah, oh, by the most manipulative methods, wasn't she? To Into a marriage where she wasn't loved, she wasn't valued and appreciated and she wasn't the apple of his eye. He didn't devote himself to her. He didn't lay his life down for her. And yet God picks her up and says, do you know what? Even in the midst of your rejection, in the midst of your loss, in the midst of your pain i'm going to bring a deliverer from you leah he's not going to come from rachel he's going to come from you and the the this is just the most incredible thing and so she called his name judah and she then she ceased bearing so painful story there's not too much more we can say about it except there's such an interesting way in the middle of all the contrivance of human manipulation, nonetheless, God is ensuring that the um, the ancestry of the Messiah will come through the ones He's chosen. And again and again, we see Him circumventing our scheming and our planning and our plotting. And He said, "No, this is how it's going to be. I'm going to bring this about." Ah, uh, that's great tracy Young, good news so um there you go there's the story for today what a great story um ah oh, and god bless you have an amazing saturday and may god smile on you and his favor be all over you in jesus name amen <music> I am super excited to be able to recommend to you my book, The Christing. It's a whole adventure of digging deep into the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, exploring stories that may be familiar to us, but just seeing how the power and the beautiful, rich treasure of the Holy Spirit is there on every single page. And my desire as I share my own stories is that we would get caught up in that adventure together of a life pursuing the supernatural God where anything becomes possible when we're full of his Holy Spirit. And so my prayer for you as you read this book is that you'll get excited to embark on your own voyage of discovery with him. But more than anything else, that you would fall more in love with Jesus. So please, if you have not got a copy, do buy one. You can get it online on all the major um, online bookstores, including Amazon, and Eden and others. You can buy it from Christian bookshops. Or you can message me and get your own signed copy. There you go. But do like it and review it because that really, really does help. Thank you so much.